Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is, and it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because you know if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. You can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. This podcast is brought to you by Anchor. Are you thinking about doing your own podcast but you don't know how? Well, have you heard about Anchor? It's actually the platform that I'm hosting through this right now. And yes, it's free. Not only is it free, it's super easy to use. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And you can even add any song from Spotify directly to your episodes. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and so much more. It's really that easy. And guess what? You can actually make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. That's a big deal. So it's really everything you need in one place to make an amazing podcast. All you have to do is download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. If you're happy, you're successful. Nobody can nobody can yeah. step into your life and and when you're happy about who you are and what you do because and tell you that you're not successful because you're not happy doing the stuff that they feel like they would be happy doing. Mm-hmm. That doesn't make any fucking sense. Yep. It's the dumbest thing on earth. I get so frustrated when you see someone who is happy, right? And then someone comes in and kind of brings the gloomy cloud in like, but when are you going to get married? Or but when are- In five, four, three, two, one. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Genius Frame. See, you get hello, everybody. Hi, everybody. Hi, everybody. It's me, Mangchi. <laughs> Today, we are going to use a little bit of sugar. Sugar. Sesame oil. Sesame oil, sugar. This is a 
Very delicious. <laughs> if you guys don't know who that is, um, one of the first OG Korean chef people on YouTube was this lady named Mangchi. And Mangchi means hammer in Korean. Mm-hmm. Which is so funny because there's also David Chang, the name of David Chang and Stevie Weeby's band. But mm-hmm. she was one of those first people out there that made Korean recipes. There weren't a lot of people on YouTube in the beginning that were making Korean recipes online. Yeah. And Mangchi was one of the first ones. She was funny. She's still around. She's still around. She's still doing. She had a cookbook. She's very successful. Um, she just kind of reminds me of all those ajamas you see at church. Yeah. You know, these are very delicious. <laughs> oh, yeah. This one right here. She's so cute. I think why she's so fame popular among the fans is that she seems very authentic. Nothing is fake. Yeah. She's just doing what she does. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so she always cooks like these. Like when I look at her recipes, they don't. I've made some of her recipes. They're not like in my personal opinion the greatest but it's a great foundation for you to kind of make it uh adjusted to your taste yeah right so she kind of goes over all the stuff that you basically would do to create this typical korean dish and then you Mm -hmm. could always make adjustments for yourself yep one of the weird things that i've always ran into is like i think now when we talk about food people always like to bring up this thing called like authenticity Uh right which i which i understand right there's Uh a difference between making food your own and then also misrepresenting food, right? Mm-hmm. Because the misrepresentation of food is what people dislike a lot. Mm. So, for example, like I talked about this kid. The who spring roll? Oh, yeah. The, oh, <laughs> years ago, I made this joke, right, about this guy who, you know, he was teaching people how to make spring rolls. And it, was, it wasn't it was him per se because he was like an employee of this publication. And it just was terrible. They're like, well, he's just making it his own way. I was like, ah, ah. that's not what they said, though. They said, this is how you make spring rolls. I thought it was a joke. Yeah, everybody thought it was a parody. So there's a difference between like making it yourself and then misrepresenting an entire culture and then kind of profiting off of it, right? Mm -hmm. Which, yeah, I get it. It's not really – to me, it's annoying, Mm -hmm. right? Because I don't want people to think that this shit thing is a part of my culture and what I grew up with. Mm. Because when we have these conversations and you misspread this information, they go, oh, yeah, I know how to eat that stuff or I know how to do this. And you see it and it's not the food. Mm -hmm. It's like that's not even a interpretation of the food. You just made something completely different. And now you're spreading this thing about my culture improperly mm-hmm. to other people. And that's the part that I get annoyed with. Misrepresentation versus like doing your own thing are two different things. You know? What is doing your own thing? Is it putting different ingredients? Yeah, different ingredients or just making like it's like it's like, for example. Oh, be careful. Yeah. It's like, for example, let's say uh, I come into this country, right? I'm in like I don't know anything about it. I really don't know anything about American food at all, right? Whatever that may be. Um I take a piece of bread and I put a hot dog in it, right? Mm-hmm. And I go, hamburger. Mm-hmm. People be like, no, 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 no. That's not a hamburger. I was like, no, no it is a hamburger. Mm-hmm. I was like, no, that's a hot dog. I said, no, it's not a hot. It's meat and it's bread. It's my interpretation of what a hamburger is. And people be like, what the fuck are you? You're insane. That's not a fucking hamburger. And that's essentially the same thing. But that rule never applies uh-huh. towards like for some reason like Asian food. They just go, oh, it's my interpretation. It's like if, if I did the same thing to you, if I took pasta. Mm-hmm. And I put a bunch of cheese in it mm-hmm. and I go spaghetti. <laughs> right. That's not an American food, but a lot of American people make that in their homes. Yeah, yeah. They go, no, that's mac and cheese. I go, no, 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 no. It's noodle and sauce. It's spaghetti. It's my version of spaghetti. Yeah. People people would flip their fucking lid, especially Italian people. What do you mean a spaghetti? <laughs> a spaghetti is a type of noodle. <laughs> that's you, a macaroni. You watched way too many of those like feedback from Italian moms. Oh. Vincenzo's plate. I love his channel the most. Is that the 
Well, no, this Channel? is this guy. He's an Italian chef uh-huh. and he reviews other people making Italian food. Uh-huh. And then he also does his version of it. And he's really cool because he actually likes it when people interpret like Italian food their own way. Yeah. You know, and he goes, oh, it looks like it tastes good. It's not probably traditionally what it is, but it still looks like it's yeah. good. And I think that's a lot of people's attitude. But they're not misrepresenting their food though, right? What about like if you go to Korea, there's there Italian food is super popular. Mm-hmm. But then there's like, for example, a pizza that has sweet potato crust inside. Yeah, that's an interpretation of the food. They're not mm-hmm. saying that this is how pizza should be or mm-hmm. this is what pizza is, mm-hmm. right? This is Korean style pizza. This yeah. is how we like it. Which I prefer. Which I personally great. like oh, Korean absolute, style, absolute, Italian. Absolutely not. I don't know what it is. It just it's more on like the Korean palate. I yeah. love it. Yeah, and I think a lot of people when they hear this, they might say like, "What's the big deal?" It's it's not that they're doing anything wrong personally, but when a million people see something and it represents who you are, it it's a, it's a little annoying. Is it kind of like when someone say, "Oh, you're Korean, you must eat dog." Yes, it's like some shit like that, but not to that extreme. That's yeah. that's kind of hyperbolic in our case, but it's just I just like it to be represented properly first and then take it however you like. Because sure. then people will know at least like, oh, this isn't how it's traditionally done or not even traditionally. Like it's, this is a completely different dish, but I like this version better. Then that's mm-hmm. fine too. I don't really care. But when you when you kind of want to be at the forefront of somebody else's culture when you're not a part of it and you misrepresent it and then you're fine with it. Then it's like, why do people even like to do that? Because nowadays it's like, it's more about creating content. It's not about whether what you put out is right, correct, what it does, if what, what the purpose of it. It's just more like, I need to put out content immediately now, 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 now. And then it's for people to like. If people like it, then I'm worth something, then I could build a business off of it. They don't care about the aftermath and what happens after. Like, I see it too many times with food specifically. Like, it happens all the time. Wow. That's th- this is the age that we're in now. I understand that when you have to create content, you need to, you know, create buzz and you need to be consistent with it, but a little effort to do something right would be nice. Isn't it crazy that I feel like the main focus to kind of see yourself successful is going into this creating content now. Being part of this crazy turnover like this trend that has such a high turnover. Yeah. Like people's definition of what success is now is really, it's annoying to me, you know, because sometimes when I I meet people from back home, right, they go, oh, you made it. And I'm like, what does that mean? Mm. What does you made it mean? Mm. What, why do you look at what I do and say I've made it when I look at your career and I'm like, you've made it because b- for some reason, people idolize people in entertainment as if the people mm-hmm. in this space are worth more than what everybody else does in this world. And it's it's a job. Mm-hmm. What we do is a job. It's no different from what you do. Like that's the odd thing to me. I have people who are in professional careers and they go, man, dude, like what you're doing is so dope. I was like, what about what you do? You're a fucking doctor, dude. <laughs> like are you fucking insane? Yeah. Like why would you ever look at what I do and 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 undermine what you do just because more people see what I do? What people see that I do doesn't mean that there's value to it. It's just that my job pertains that there are eyes on me. Mm-hmm. That's it. It's just it's just this outward validation that is the key motivation for everybody now. Isn't that weird that our go-to place is a social media app? And to certain people, it's just a hobby. It's just a place to, you know, connect with friends. But then majority of it is to really like this a new TV. It's the new media for entertainment. And like I said, I don't have a problem with social media. I've made my whole career off of it. I've I've al- I've been allowed yeah. to connect with people with it. I think that the moment that people stop realizing that this is just a tool for fun, 
But it, yeah, that's the thing. That's where that that's a blurry line is that people find that these numbers that we love to look at, they see that as an equivalent to your popularity or like your success. And I don't know. It's, you think anybody's going to give a fuck about you after yeah. you die because you got 10 million views on a TikTok dance that everybody else did? Nobody gives a fuck. Yeah. Literally, nobody gives a fuck. A couple of people might come up to you and be like, hey, dude, I saw your TikTok dance. And you could take that in and appreciate it, right? But you keep you keep going for the next one and the next one and the next one. And then what? Mm-hmm. Absolutely nothing. Yeah, if you want to make a career out of it, that's perfectly fine. But you've also seen this too. And I know a lot of young people understand what I'm talking about. Why is it that a lot of people that you follow disappear after three or four years? Mm. Two, three years. I've been on the space 12 years. And I make more money now than I did when I first started. Mm. Right? So the odd idea behind this is that they think, oh, I'm just having fun. You are having fun. But now it's up to you to kind of navigate through this whole social media and popularity thing and understand that if you don't create something that's going to last, this is only a blip in your life. And if you value yourself based on what other people say, when that goes away, you lose value. Yeah. They start to go crazy. I see it in my peers all the fucking yeah. time. And I look at them and they're the most desperate human beings ever. And it's hard. It's hard too, especially when I tell them to their face, right? It's, because It's almost like this media or this platform, you know, people want power, right? People want the control. They always talk about that. It's like there is a huge power that you could totally control, but it's just the question of can you are you able to handle this power that's it's could hard take to, over you. Yeah, I think like the hardest conversations that I've had especially with peers in this space is when they they're scratching so hard for relevancy, right? To be relevant. But the sad thing when I see that is that okay, so years ago you used to get 300,000, 400,000, maybe even a million views on your on your videos, right? Mm. Felt great. You were making a lot of money. People recognized you a lot more. Mm. Uh, after time, people move on to other creators. The platform changes a little bit. You chose to do the same thing over and over. Mm-hmm. And then you expected a different result. It doesn't make sense, right? Things evolve and change. Mm-hmm. Television shows, season by season, new, new writing, new episodes, well, you haven't written a new episode in ages and you expected people to continue to watch your reruns as if it still feels fresh. Mm-hmm. And that's what a lot of these content creators did. So, you know, they look down on stuff like TikTok or whatever. I can't do TikTok because I was banned. So Because you cursed too much. Yeah, so I got banned from TikTok and I, I, I have to appeal to get to, you know, create more content again. <laughs> but I don't really like TikTok, right? It's not really for me. Mm. I prefer Instagram and I, I actually like podcasting. So I, I've transformed and I moved on to different spaces. The most offensive thing that these older creators do when they when they say stuff like that is that you kind of spit on the faces of the 30,000 or 40,000 people that still watch you now. Mm. Those people matter more than everybody else who was here and disappeared. No matter what content you put out, they're there ready to support you with their time and their yeah. dollars. So when you focus on this new crowd, which is great too to grow your audience – but you should never forget about these people who stuck around and are still supporting you and they still wait for your guidance and they still wait for your content every day. Mm. Those are the ones that you should really care and love about. Those people that take their time to come to your shows. Those people that come up and say hi to you to tell you about how you changed their life. You're, and you're still scratching for this relevancy from other people who will see your content once and disappear the next day. Mm. And it's not right because when you see that on TikTok, they're, on TikTok, you'll see everybody's TikToks. 10,000 views, 500,000, 30,000. Mm. 1 million, Mm -hmm. 20,000, 
10,000, 5,000, 4,000, 3 million. Because none of these people actually are there to stick around. Mm -hmm. A lot of content people now, these companies are getting smart. They look at their metrics and they go, oh, I'll pay you like $1,000 for these videos. They're like, oh, but I get 20 million views on TikToks. That's cool. Nobody buys your shit. Your conversion rate's terrible because mm-hmm. you're not developing a relationship with the people that fuck with you. Sure. And so this is the this is the issue that a lot of companies are having with a lot of these influencers. They're they're quick content people and they don't develop their audience. I've had this podcast now. Each podcast, what I don't know, like on the audio side, gets thirty forty thousand listens. This one gets like twenty or thirty thousand, forty thousand, depending on who comes on or what the topics are. Yeah. Those people who 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 come in, I appreciate every single one of them because they've been around for a long time. And they come in to listen to this hour and a half podcast. Um, and those are the people that I want to focus on, right? Because when you when you do that and you say that, oh, I'm I I want more views, well, you kind of you're saying fuck you to these other people. What about the people who support you, you know? So when so you are definitely one of those survivors who are you know um adjusting to the trend, right? Like because you are currently in this podcast platform, which has become a part of a trend. I mean, to be honest with you, I, I think I kind of got lucky with the podcast uh-huh. thing because when I started the pot, it wasn't a trend yet. Yeah, yeah. I got, I but, just. Yeah, but you were willing to re-navigate, right? Yeah, to, I just did something that I enjoyed and then it just happened for me. Yeah. So for you, when you are changing things, what are a couple things, what are a few things that is on your mind to make sure that it could be successful? For example, the whole audience thing that you were having as an example about other people who are not thinking about their audience and they're thinking about more of like the one-offs. Well, for me, I don't think about success. I think about dedicating myself to something that I enjoy. Mm. And if the aftermath is that it's successful, I'll figure out a way to make money off of it, right? Mm -hmm. Or if even if I don't make money, I'll make money somewhere else so I can do something that I enjoy. I think I'm very blessed with the fact that the people who have followed me, they follow me so hard and they support me with their dollars. And on top of that, they come back and they watch. Why do you think your fans are so uh, dedicated to you? I don't know. I, th- I think like I, I you know, I, I don't know. I, but I meet these people and they kind of it's 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 reciprocal. Right. Uh-huh. So it's it's this relationship of me doing what I do helps them do what they do. And because what they and them being successful makes me want to work harder, too. It's cyclical. It works mm-hmm. like this. If the people who follow me were pieces of shit, I wouldn't want to do this. Mm-hmm. Right. And I, I do feel that I'm a very unique voice in this space. And I didn't realize it until I started going into mainstream industry, right? Acting, auditioning or whatever, and, and talking face to face with these people who I felt were on the same wavelength as me. But when I met them in person, they opened up their dirty fucking filthy mouths. I'm like, you guys are all those people that number one, you either look down upon, make fun of, talk shit about. You're them. You just pretend like you're not. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is Angie that. And find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect 
instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. You can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is. And it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. This podcast is brought to you by BetterHelp. Listen, my friends, if you haven't focused on your mental health this year, stop waiting you have to focus on yourself. Listen, BetterHelp can assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. Listen, you don't have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room and you can message your counselor at any time while setting up weekly video or phone sessions. And it's super convenient. And more importantly, it allows you to be in your own safe and comfortable environment. I understand not everybody's used to like traditional uh, in-person or offline therapy, right? Special offer for Genius Brain listeners. Get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash genius so visit betterhelp.com slash genius and get that 10% off and work on that mental health my friends you know what I mean Mm -hmm. so when I with these people out here I feel like I can they see a lot of themselves in me and I see myself in them right Mm -hmm. because when somebody has like for example the conversation of when sometimes when I meet people they go oh like I want to do what you do or you know I, I always tell them like don't follow what I do I think like listen to the stuff that I say that I'm passionate about and the things that I care about. You have to find out what you care about and be passionate about that, mm. right? And that's why I feel like maybe that's the type of advice and the vibe that I give out is the reason why these people stick around, right? And I've met some people who have listened to me since they were like 15, 16 years old. And they're you not- have a very long-term relationship with your audience. They, they've known, they've watched you for like 10 years. Yeah. And they're arguably way more successful than I am, which is crazy to me. And that actually makes me feel really good. Mm. They go, oh, yeah, I was down. Like there was a buddy of mine who's very, very successful now. And actually he's – I've worked with him and his company that he built sponsored my podcast a few times. Oh, that's cool. And he told me that he found out about me years ago before we became friends because of these videos that I was doing giving out life advice. And it helped him reevaluate where he puts his time and energy into um, because he was – having a hard time getting over with his ex-girlfriend mm. and there was a video that I did years ago talking about where you place your value in or who you place your value in is ve- it's it's very important mm. so like when you break up with somebody and you dwell on this human being who left you it's okay to feel that way but the fact that your value is based on what this person that you're with tells you is a very bad indication of where you're at personally where how do you value yourself and he took that video and it 
kind of like changed his life. And now mm-hmm. he owns like this multi-million dollar company. And then he wow. sponsors my podcast. So Wow. Yeah, it's 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 so nuts to it, see how that happened. That's awesome. If only everybody could do that. <laughs> yeah, because like and also too, when I say success too, success is such a a, a relative term, right? Um, what does success mean? Yeah. I was going to ask you, what is, what does success mean? I think mean? success is happiness. I agree. If you're happy, you're successful. Nobody can, nobody can yeah. step into your life and, and when you're happy about who you are and what you do because, and tell you that you're not successful because you're not happy doing the stuff that they feel like they would be happy doing. Mm-hmm. That doesn't make any fucking sense. Yep. It's the dumbest thing on earth. I get so frustrated when you see someone who is happy, right? And then someone comes in and kind of brings the gloomy cloud in like, but when are you going to get married? Or but when are you going to do this? When are you going to like things? When are you going to suck my left nut? <laughs> How about that? Like these like milestones that like a lot of people think you should have that will bring happiness. But it's like, or, you know, people who got what they want, but they're like, oh, but I don't have this. I don't have that. It's like, what What makes you think that that's going to make you happy, though? You're There's going to be, more, like, for example. What more do you need? Yeah, like, that's going to bring more issues. You know that. But yet, people are so, sometimes just so, I don't know, like, they, they, it's never enough. Yeah. And. I like that personally, like I want to be surrounded by folks who feel like they have more than enough because I'm very, I'm like a sponge. Uh, probably, you know, that is that whatever the vibe, the energy. Are you really, <laughs> are you really a sponge? Wait, what is that from? I don't know that. You don't know what I'm talking about. You being a sponge. Is, who is that? Rosemary? No, I'm, I'm just going to talk like this for the rest of the podcast to see if you eventually talk like me. Since you're a sponge. <laughs> I probably will. I'm not exactly like that, but probably something similar. Um, but yeah, I, like if I'm surrounded by negative energy, then I become negative. And so I love, I, if I think about it in the past, like when, when I was a little bit younger, like in college years, a lot of people say that they love being around me because I'm such a, like a vitamin C type of girl. Like they bring, I bring such like positive vibe. And I love that. And I want to keep doing that. But when I'm surrounded by negative people talking about like, you know, stats and everything, like, you know, being part of this certain status. Yeah. I mean, that's because that's the only way that they can value happiness to them. It's right. Or when they come to me and they're like, holy cow, you have X amount of followers. It's like. Cool. I I get very like, not shocked, but like uh, speechless. And I'm like, I don't know how to, what to say because. I didn't, first of all, I didn't really earn that. Second of all, I that doesn't mean anything for me. It's just like, oh, this is cool. Like I get to use a platform, but there's it doesn't define who I am. So when they come around, I'm just like putting a smile, but I don't know how to react to it because that's not my job. Yeah, it's just like we had a conversation with a, with a buddy of ours and we were talking and having to, and he he's like one of these really, really just, kind people i think i think when i when i look at him he's he's a lot more sensitive than uh most of the guys that i hang around with are mm-hmm. right which is actually a good thing for me because I, I i like his level of sensitivity i think he's like he's, like my level he no you're 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 you get buttered <laughs> he's, of course it's you yeah he's <laughs> he's just a really really kind soul so like when when 
when people say things to him, it makes him reevaluate how he feels about his personal life. If they're mm. somebody that's within his circle, right? Mm. You know, I'm very different. Even if you're in my circle, I'll have an open ear and I'll listen. But if you say something negative about the way that I live, it won't wreck me. It'll just be like, I shut the fuck up. Like, I'll do what I do. But none of, nobody really does that in my yeah, life. Yeah, I was going to say, you don't and, really have that kind of Yeah, because people. I don't have idiots in my life, you know? So, you know, in this friend's case, his living situation is what I consider very ideal, right? But from everybody else's perspective of what they think that somebody of his age should do, they have an opinion about how he should live his life, mm. which is so fucking dumb. Like, me hearing him telling me this was irritating me. Not He wasn't irritating me. But the fact that there are people in his circle that could tell him how to live his life. Yeah. When number one, they don't have the right. Number yeah. two, their definition of what success is is very, very subjective. Yeah. And number three, they're seeing it from a lens of what how they think they should live. So for example, he has a really dope family, very supportive. And it's 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 a multi-generational home, right? Mm. You have people who like their children's children will live in the same home in the same area. This is a big enough area for it. And, you know, they people come in from an outside perspective and they say, oh, well, how come you should probably move out? You know, you, you know, live away from your family now and have your own place. Why? Mm. The man works. Mm. Parents are happy with him being around. They want to spend time with their son. They have a completely separate area of the home. It's a multi-generational home. Mm. So for what purpose did this person feel like he can come in and tell him you should move out of your house? Mm. If, because what he's basically saying is that you're a leech to your family. As an adult, you shouldn't be living with your parents anymore. Exactly. And because you're not doing that, you're not a real man. That's yeah. essentially what this person is yeah. saying without having to say it. However, number one, who the fuck are you? <laughs> number two, you don't know his living situation. Number mm -hmm. three, everybody in that household is happy. Yeah. So where the fuck do you go off telling this person about what he should do that makes you think that would make him a better adult human being or man? You do not live in his situation. Yeah. I look at him and I, I'm envious of it. Yeah. Not because, and by the way, it's not like he's not paying rent or giving them money too. No. Like yeah. he's still, he's doing his part of his job. It's yeah. just that he's working the money is going to the family. It's going into the family. And on top of that, he can build a better future, which yeah. is what parents want. You do not have that type of synergistic relationship with your family. Don't put your bullshit onto him. It's just, yeah. I, I dislike that so much. Because if I was him, I would be like, hey, bro, shut the fuck up. I'm happy. It might, and you live your life. Yeah. And it, it might be the case that this guy just doesn't have enough information. So it's just based on like normal. But even if it's standard, not, what everyone's still, used to. Well, so here's the other thing. And the reason why that's also annoying to me is because <laughs> if he doesn't know him on that level, he's not that close to him. Mm. That means he shouldn't place his such a harsh opinion about his life if he doesn't know him like that. So mm. it goes hand in hand. Sure. Because if he did know him on a personal level, yeah. he would never say that because he would look at what he has and be like, this is an, a pretty amazing life. Yeah. His parents want him around. And when they have kids in the future, they want to be able to take care of their kids and then help them out with that. Mm. And they'll be in the same household. They have a, it's sure. amazing. It's, it's actually how families are normally built <laughs> or should be built in my personal opinion yeah to be in a, in a village where everybody takes care of each other yeah. for somebody to step in and tell them that you what you're doing is wrong and what you should this will better your life is very presumptuous if you don't know this person at all especially when this person is happy yeah his happiness is already defined yeah and when i look at him 
happy, mm-hmm. and I'm I'm and I'm very happy for him. Because mm-hmm. when I heard the when, when we saw how they were living, I was like, this is amazing. <laughs> like I was like, this is freaking awesome, and they they can help out financially too, and it's just great. It's one of those that it's not part of their norms, so they find it. Oh, this is yeah, yeah, not yeah. normal. This is not the way everybody does. So why it doesn't seem right? Mm-hmm. I think that's this case because. Exactly, everyone's happy. So why change it? You're not hurting anyone. You're 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 making your own. There's money. no there's no there's no real like moral dilemma. Yeah. Like what what is Nothing. it? Nothing. You know, because I know because even the phrase too like they're happy, leave them alone. Well, they're happy, leave them alone only makes sense if what they're doing isn't harmful. Exactly. Right? And what they're doing isn't harmful. So. Yeah. What is the problem? It's here? nothing but happiness and quality relationships that they're creating and saving a lot of money, not spending on rent. Yeah. So why not? And that's that's what I I I, I like having those kind of people in my life. Let's just put it that way. Yeah, and that's that's what we were talking about too when we say like the definition of ha- like success is happiness. Mm-hmm. If you're happy doing what you're doing, you are you are. Just as successful as the person out there with a gajillion dollars and if they're happy. If you – in my personal opinion when it comes to monetary – so having money is great because it solves a lot of problems. But mm-hmm. it doesn't necessarily mean that you'll be happy. Correct. That's the hard part for people to understand. Correct. You think that the more money that you have that you're going to be happier and happier. Guess what? When you forget about your previous woes and you're just there by yourself with your own thoughts and now you're in this new status quo of, of your new life. You're going to have other things to complain about. Mm-hmm. It happens all the time. The people that complain the most in my life are the people with the most money. It's fucking annoying. <laughs> it's annoying. What do they complain about? Everything about society, the government. Um, big talk. Big, just all this stuff. It's like mm. you talk so much. You complain so much when you have so much. It makes no sense to me. So whenever somebody says, if I have money, I'll be happy. No, you'll be less stressed because you don't have to worry about the bills that you have to pay next the next day. But it doesn't necessarily mean you'll be happier. Because yeah. if you're a miserable person, no matter how much money you have in the bank, you will always be miserable. You will always drag down the people who are around you because that is the state that you choose to be in. The money doesn't change that. It makes your life easier, but it doesn't make you a happier person. Mm. Show me otherwise. I have yet to see it. And I'm a, you know, I'm around a lot of rich people. So it's like, mm. I, I, I've yet to see that. Mm. Where is it? Why is it that the, the, the people that I know that I, that are very close to me mm. financially, they do decent. They don't have as much money as a lot of my other peers. But they talk about joy, the things that they want to do, the future, being appreciative of what, what they have more than these people who have monetarily three times as much, three or four times as much as them. Hmm. It's, it's ridiculous. I wonder what is the range where people will be not too – like you're not too rich so that – like where – how you could control think, that, money think, and happiness. I think if you can pay your bills, you have food in your stomach. And you could save up for your kid's future. You're 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 pretty financially good. And even then, a majority of the stuff that you have to give your kids isn't money. It's the tools to make them survive and be successful. Uh, we've seen that time and time again. Yeah. Some of the most successful people that we have that have great high paying jobs weren't. They didn't come from a lot of money. Mm-hmm. They came from parents who had good values and great work ethics. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And e- either way, like we have kids. Our kids are going to be way better off than I was when I was a kid. Who's going to teach him how to build things? So neither of us can do it. What are you talking about? I'll pay for that. <laughs> See? <laughs> and then, 
uh, I can't build things. So it's like. I can't either. You know, so when we have this thing of there's YouTube, they'll be fine. That's true. You know, like I'm, we, we want to give these kids tools, right? Teaching them how to navigate this world. Um, we don't see that a lot with, with, well, I don't know, our friends. I think our friends are really great. But, you know, when you see that asshole kid who doesn't know what the fuck they're doing, they kind of, mm. you know, we talked about this earlier today where I think a lot of the, the biggest problems that Asian parents have mm. is that they only teach them one thing. It's a singular thing of obey what I say and then you will be successful. Yeah. That is the life lesson that they give is that authority is important. I am your authority. If you do as I say, you'll be successful. Mm-hmm. Well, how do I get to that? It doesn't matter. You just listen and do what I say. Mm-hmm. Well, you're creating these fucking Asian American kids who are fucking useless. And if and if these words hurt your feelings, that's probably you. Mm. You were probably that kid that still till this day, whenever whatever move you fucking make, the first thing you think of isn't, is this good for me? You go, will my parents beat my ass? The Angie's List You Know and Trust is now Angie. And we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews. But now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. My lovely genius brain farts. This podcast is brought to you by Fume. Ever tried to break a bad habit and felt like you're climbing Everest and flip-flops? Yeah, we've been there too, but here's a breath of fresh air. Fume, it's not about giving up. It's about switching up, baby. Fume takes your habit and simply makes it better, healthier, and a whole lot more enjoyable. What is Fume, you ask? Fume is an innovative, award-winning flavored air device that does just that. Instead of vapor, Fume uses flavored air. Instead of electronics, Fume is completely natural. And instead of harmful chemicals, Fume uses delicious flavors. You get it. Instead of bad, Fume is good. It's a habit you're free to enjoy that makes replacing your bad habit easy. I keep one in my car just because I'm a fidgety guy. And guess what? I'd be puffing on that delicious herbal tea vapor, my friends. Nothing bad for you in there. And definitely, definitely fun to use. My friends, start the year off right with the good habit by going to tryfume.com slash genius and getting the journey pack today. Fume is giving the listeners of the show 10% off when they use my code genius to help make starting the good habit that much easier easier start the good habit at trifume.com slash genius to save 10% off the journey pack today before we continue this podcast my lovely brain farts we are brought to you by purple and i can't tell you how much i love my purple mattress because it has been giving me some of the best sleeps of my life start loving yourself by respecting your rest with the purple mattress before my purple mattress i was sleeping on a quilted bag of butt booty pain is that you waking up wondering why your spine hates you huh that's you i will shame on you what the heck of it all bless yourself with a purple mattress Purple's technology and their products keeps me cool, supports my back, sides, hips, necks, and shoulders, just like your girlfriend or boyfriend should. But they don't, so you should get a Purple mattress. It's waiting for you, baby. Get a great night's sleep, and it starts with having a great mattress. Get a Purple mattress. Go to purple.com slash brain10 and use promo code brain10. That's purple.com slash brain10. Promo code brain10 for 10% off any order of $200 or more. Purple.com slash brain10. Promo code brain10. Terms apply. Yeah. If that's the mentality that you have, 
it's great. I, I appreciate that you're respectful and you you care about your parents' opinions. But at a certain point in your life, your parents are going to die and you are not left with the choices that you have made. What do you do then? Think about it. What do you do? Yeah. Mommy and daddy are gone. Who's going to tell you what to do? What your next steps are? Yeah, no. It's You know what? It's not going to be. Like, when, when they're gone, I'll be. No, it does not work mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. That is a habit you have to build now. You can be respectful and still make choices for yourself. And I've seen that so much. Whenever they make a major move, they go, well, mommy and daddy approve. Mommy and daddy are old now. You're also old. It's boundaries, people. You need to learn how to set boundaries. Yeah, I think if you do have the opportunity now, do it before it's too late. Because I feel for them because they, if you don't know any better and if you know that respecting your parents is a good thing and that's the household that you lived in and you don't have any other references then that is what it is and it's not their fault but for your own sake if there is a a time for you like right now to adjust that to even think about it it might be a good time to really you have to eventually take responsibility for the things that you do it's hard there is a a Korean drama that was really famous mm-hmm. um, back in 2018, I believe. It's called Ka- oh shoot, what was it called? Kais? Kas? Case? Yeah, move on. Yeah, it's a Korean drama where basically you see elite parents doing whatever they can for their kids to get into number one school, and you see the parents doing exactly what you're saying is like telling them what to do, do this, and you'll be successful. Well, it turns out one of the dads did that and basically his kid uh, became useless and he was able to see that he is the result of the kid's uh, condition was because of him. And he turns around to his mom and say, this is what you taught me. This is what you told me to do. I'm this old and yet I have no idea how to control or do things on my own all because of you. And... At first, I was like, this is a very weird moment. But at the same time, the mo- I couldn't stop thinking about it. I was like, holy cow, that's going to be us in the future talking to our parents if we don't put our foot down and really think about what we want to do rather than what we think our parents want us to do. Because there, our parents' happiness doesn't really mean that we're going to be happy in the future. Yeah. I, also, too, like, you know, to take it off the shoulders of the kid… You know, these Asian parents, too, they need to have a certain sense of responsibility as well. You have consistently tried to call your kids stupid, useless. You, they don't know what to do when you do everything for them. Whose fault is that? That's yours. You have to take responsibility. You have to take responsibility of the fact that you disabled your child, right, by not giving them the tools mm. in order to be successful. But instead giving them rules and telling them that they will be successful because they follow rules. Those are two fucking different things. Mm. And you make your kids into these useless human beings in society that are now entitled. They think that they're entitled to success, money, and wealth because they listen to mommy and daddy. So there's two people at fault here. It's the kid for not standing up eventually, sacking up or pussying up or whatever you want to call it. And then also the parents for fucking admonishing them and punishing them for trying to be an adult and finding their own way. How can you do that? You don't make any sense. Isn't I dislike sad? it. But isn't that sad for those who don't have that? Like we as an American, 
living in America, we see different point of views. But if you're at a specific community spe- and everyone is the same, and that is the only route to become successful in that community, like isn't that sad that they can't get out of it? It is very sad. Like I said, they, they were bullied by their parents and they never decided to stand up, right? And, you know, people can say as much as you want. They go, well, easier said than done. Bitch, I know. I, I'm i mm. also in, bitch, I'm an immigrant Asian American. Imagine how hard it was for me. Like, even for Mariel, like the parents that she sees now are not like the parents that I grew up with. I had to fight them. I had to scratch. Do you have any idea how hard it is to tell your mm. parents that you want to be a stand-up comic <laughs> at the age of 16? Who is a pastor's kid. Who's a pastor's kid. Did, don't, I mean, yeah, don't talk to me about fucking pressure, dude. Like, I've clawed my way to have this career. It was hard. You know, it, it was difficult. A lot of fights. Why do you think there's only one of you here, though? But there isn't just one of me. There's You can do it, too. The difference is, is that everybody, not everybody, let me, there's a lot of you out there that want to have your cake and eat it, too. You're too scared to make that leap because you know for a fact that when mommy and daddy stops giving you money, you have to live with your choices. Mm. Hard, huh? Isn't Oof. that hard? That Mom, fuck you. Cool, don't have my money. Then you have to be like, you're right. I don't deserve your money because I need to go make it and you have to go out. They don't want to do that. They go, fuck you. I want to do what I want. Where's my allowance? You don't get to have both ways. To your parents' credit, if you want to suck their fucking bank account dry, then you do exactly what the fuck they tell you to do as an adult. Mm. As an adult, you're in your mid-20s, you're in your 30s, you graduated, you did whatever, and you're still looking for them to give you money, and you still want to tell them, fuck you, I'll do what you want. You don't have that now because now you're their employee. They, you're, you're, That's what it is. They give you money, and you're still taking it, and then you want to be like, fuck you, do whatever I want doesn't work like that. You were an adult now. Now you have to make adult choices. You cannot have your cake and eat it too. You are full of shit. <laughs> you're full of shit. You have to make those hard choices. I'm not telling you that you're going to be 100% successful, but you got to figure out the things that make you fall so you can get right back up. That is how our parents worked, right? They yeah. came over to a country that they have no idea how to like communicate because they don't know English, but they figured it out. And they were able to provide roof under us, above us. It's it's difficult. It's hard. It's hard. And I think that's what parents, a lot of parents say is that you don't know what hard means. Yeah. Because everything's given to you, which I'm like, who gave it to them? It's you people. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I mean, they're, we did get a lot soft. I think our generation got really, really soft and sensitive. Yeah. A hundred percent, you know, um, I think everybody has that ability to kind of, okay, I, when, I, when I first lost weight, right, there was somebody that I used to listen to all the time. And I started listening to him again recently because I'm trying to get uh, fit again. And I kind of forgot what the main factor of my motivation was for me to lose weight. Aside from the health part, I understand. Um, I started listening to David Goggins again. And the reason why I listen to David Goggins is not because I want to be like David Goggins per se. But he has this idea and mentality that I that I really like to follow, which is doing things that make you uncomfortable causes growth. You don't because so is know, that why you started running? Well, that's why I started running because I didn't understand. You're like, but it's uncomfortable and it's good for you. I'm like, what is that? What? 
I see where you got it from. But but you but you could already see my mentality shift now when it comes to my fitness when I started running. You're not as lazy. It's not the it's not the running aspect that's making me lose weight. It's the fact that I'm doing something that's good for me and it's something that I dislike. Mm. And it's a reflection of how life is. Not everything that you want out of life is going to be easy. The path to it is always going to be hard. Mm-hmm. If I keep looking for shortcuts and ways for me to circumvent pain mm. in order for growth, it doesn't happen that way. I think discomfort causes a lot of growth. Yeah. And so I decided to run. Yeah, I've lost weight before, 60, 70 pounds without running. Well, now I'm at a point now where I'm very comfortable. Mm-hmm. So how do I move past this? So I decided to incorporate running and I started listening to David Goggins. And David Goggins too, he never talks about competing against others. He's always talking about competing against the person you see in the mirror. Are you better than the person you were the day before? Mm. So he always says too, don't don't look at what I do. You don't have to be an ultra marathon runner, run a hundred miles, right? Because that's what he does. He does ultra marathons. He runs a hundred mile runs. Mm, he goes, do it based on you. So for example, I'm running every other day. I run about three and a half miles, right? I know that I could probably run it all the way through, but I it's hard. Mm. I just need to get it done though. No matter how long it takes, I I need to get it done because it's good for me mentally. When you say need to get it done, is there a timeline for this then? There is no timeline. So for me, as of right now, mm-hmm. it's just get better at it every day. Once the habit sets in, then I can start to set goals. So that first, you saw me the first three days I was running, I was in pain. It sucked. I would wake up just, oh. Well, also, you decided to run in the cold coldest time in that's California. right in the most uncomfortable situation <laughs> oh my god but it hardened my mind it hardened my mind a lot better now good it, it allows me to look at things with a better perspective it's the same concept of when you go see how other people live and it's lesser than how you live and you still complain every day it changes your perspective mm. it makes you appreciate the things that you have yeah. right and even for me as I run now I know that when we have kids you think I'm gonna be doing an hour and a half run you could. Not, absolutely not in the first like year or two. You know what I mean? Depending on how the situation yeah, is, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna be tired too. We're gonna be waking up, you know, sure. taking care. It's gonna be exhausting. Yeah. So it it puts things in perspective a lot more. So now that I have this time, when's the time to do it? While I have it, because if I don't do it now, when when the time comes, when this time disappears, I'm what am I gonna say? <sighs> I should have done it when I had free time. Yep. And. I just don't want to live life like that. Mm. So I go back to listen to David Goggins because he talks about this concept of just looking in the mirror and fighting the person that you see in your reflection every day. Am I better than I was the day before? Am I better than the person the day before that? Every time you look into the mirror. And are you supposed to say yes? If it's if it's a no, then you're going to have to work on it. Mm. I'm not beating myself up, but it gives me motivation to continue to to continue to do work. Tim and I were talking about this too where um, the kid who cuts my hair, mm-hmm. Sergio, right? Sergio gives amazing haircuts. That's not one of the, that's only half of the reason why I like getting haircuts from Sergio. I like Sergio because I like his perspective as a human being. Because mm-hmm. a barber too, when they cut your hair, it's a very long time. It's like an hour and 10 minutes when, as, they, as they fade you up. Mm-hmm. You're there an hour and 10 minutes with somebody as they're cutting your hair mm-hmm. every day. Mm-hmm. So does he the, say the, something? So the company matters. When I talk to him, that kid reminds me of myself 12 years ago when, when I had nothing. Mm-hmm. 
he has something. He has a great, but he's still motivated to do things. And he talks about his future, his dreams, his goals, about what he wants to accomplish. And I've seen him. When I first met Sergio like two, three years ago, he was cutting hair for dirt cheap, giving some of the best haircuts at a barbershop where he wasn't appreciated. Mm. He made a leap. He said, you know what? I can do this on my own. Mm-hmm. I'm going to make this leap. I'm going to open up my own studio. I'm going to have private clientele. And I'm going to make my career doing this. Mm. Not a lot of people can do what he did. Mm-hmm. It's scary. Mm-hmm. That is fucking frightening, especially during the pandemic. Mm. And now he's making more than enough money. He's traveling places and he still has other goals in mind. And he's, every time I talk to him, he talks about what he's achieving and what he wants to achieve more. Mm. That's the mentality that I enjoy. Mm. And we go back to sur- surrounding yourself around people. Even my barber. It's about surrounding myself around the people that I want to be around. Right. And Sergio reminds me of that so much. It's like his perspective is really great. And if if you listen to the podcast where I had him on, he's he's Colombian. Right. So his immigration story is nuts. So mm. even for him as an individual, he doesn't like it when people complain about their life because he knows about where he came from and where his parents came from. Mm-hmm. He was almost kidnapped by the cartel when he was a kid. Mm. Like his wow. his like the whole story is nuts. Right. His mm-hmm. his his grandmother. um was a, a part of a guerrilla faction or she was kidnapped as a kid to be a part of a guerrilla faction in Colombia. She fucking jumped into a river to escape from them, started up a whole new life. <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah, she started up a whole new life. She was put into a sack and dropped off what? from a helicopter somewhere else in order <gasps> to survive in the fucking Colombian jungle, found somebody else who was like a pastor or whatever to take care of her. She was eating scraps and foods with dogs in order to survive. <gasps> Marries a man, treated her terrible or whatever. Um, she, yeah, the story is fucking nuts. That's like two percent of the story. Wow. So he has perspective where he looks back and goes, "Man, I I came from greatness. I came from people who really struggled to make sure that I have what I have, and it allows him to look forward." Nowadays, too, you can't even say like, "Hey, be appreciative of what you have because what other people have." You know what the response is now? I'm not allowed to feel pain. Really? That's what it is. It's we now put we put more thought and effort to the person who pities themselves than the person who works hard to for a better life. That's why when people say when they listen to motivation, like somebody like David Goggins, he goes, hey, I harden my mind every day and I work hard towards what I want. Uh-huh. Do you want to get on this with me? They go, well, the first thing they ask, go, well, you should care about resting. That's the first thing that comes out of their mouth. It's like it. I. They're taking it to a different level there. It's well, like, that's not what it, it means. Yeah, they take everything as a personal attack. It's like, bro. Well, that's, yeah. This generation is so soft, like so sensitive. Yeah. Actually, I'm talking about my generation. I'm still a millennial. So like I, this is yeah. our generation right now. Yeah. And I don't want to be a part of that. That's why when people things put, put things out in the internet, everybody goes, oh, oh my God, this person's personally attacking me. You're sitting in your chair <laughs> on a computer. <laughs> Nothing is happening to you right now. <laughs> nothing is happening to you you read something that hurts your feelings twitter is not your job you don't have to be on twitter you fucking loser you're not in the middle of jungle trying to survive eating scraps with dogs like your feelings matter you're allowed to be hurt but it's the important thing is what does it do to your psyche after i read comments as people say offensive shit to me Mm -hmm. it offends me but what happens after is i'm not here <laughs> and then I'll go, oh my God, did you hear what this person said to me? 
I go take a shit and I talk shit back to you and then I block you. You get so violent. They go, why do you block me then? I thought you're mentally stronger. I am. That's why I'm blocking you. This is my world, bitch. I get to control my world. The outside world I can't control. When bad things happen, I take it on the fucking chin. But in this MySpace, I'm God. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's a very optimistic and positive way of thinking. Yeah. Yeah. I'm fucking It's your channel. It's my Instagram. It's my, I'm God here, dude. Suck my nuts. I don't know if you want to go that far. Yeah. But uh, I think it's true, though. I mean, everybody. Yeah. I feel it's 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 a little like I'm kind of in the middle of everything because, you know, corporates these days are very mindful about how they represent things. Right. Because it was based on white privilege. Rep- right. But now, like, they're being more concerned about considered about Asian or people of color, you know, and every year now they talk about statistically like how they've, you know, uh, done better to help out others. Um, Obviously, the ratio is still like much different, but it's all happening because of these emotions that are being brought up and like physically and mentally, like how it has caused a lot of employees, right? And now, you know, talking about pronouns too, like at work, like it is highly encouraged to ask somebody's pronouns before you or just actually write it down what your pronoun is. Mm. Don't let people assume it. Just write it down so that we already know because assumption is bias, right? Yeah. Uh, so I actually appreciate that in a sense, be- but in another sense, I think a lot of people are kind of like, well, does that mean that we're just getting the benefits of it right now? Like they're not really treating us equally anymore. Is that because, oh, we need more of you guys. So we're hiring you more. Yeah. I'm like, well, in one sense, I was like, yeah, is that the case? Does that mean I got it a freebie? But at the same time, it's like, no, that means this entire, if you want to think about it that way, the entire time the white people got freebies yeah. because they're white. So there's, and then there's all these like feelings. Well, conversation you know, in the corporate world now, it's, it's corporate world's very liberal, right? It, mm-hmm. it, it's gotten to the point now where if you if you had said right during the time um, Donald Trump was the president of the United States and they knew your political side, like let's say you were Republican and you voted for Trump, they won't hire you. Why? Yeah. Why? 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 Why does this person's personal political ideologies affect his his level of work at the company? If he's a good person, does he, is he a, is he a team player? Does he bring that drama into work? Those are the important things. But because now we're, we're, we're in this part of like the feelings party, mm-hmm. people look at, oh, is this person going to hurt my feelings? These companies suck ass so bad. They're so – these companies to me in my personal opinion are toxic because they are trying to control things that you cannot control. You cannot control how people feel. You cannot control how people are going to be offended by things. You could do your best to try to minimize it, but that it just doesn't do anything. People will just talk shit somewhere else. Yeah, yeah. There's always going to be more complaints. That's why I'm saying like- Where does it end is the question. Really? I mean, we're genetically, we're just people who are greedy. You know? We just want more and yeah. more and more. They just like protect my personal feelings. Yeah. How about you just come in and do your fucking job? And if you bring up issues that are outside of work, you're fucking fired. Let's do that. Mm-hmm. Do whatever the fuck you want. 
But in this company, I hire good people and you treat everybody here with fucking respect. Yeah. I don't care. If only life was that simple, though. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I don't like enforcing things like that, right? So, for example, like, if companies want to do the pronoun thing, that's perfectly fine. Mm-hmm. Let's say if I start, had a huge mega company, I would say this. You don't have to label your pronouns. But if somebody asks you to call them a certain pronoun, just do it. Yeah. Right? You Instead of, like, making a comment, of, for example, like, I, there was someone who was talking about this, is that people look, it's, it, he's a male, and they look at him, and they say, he. But that person wants to be called as they. The response should be, okay, that's the case. Great. Instead, they go back and say, oh, but you look like you would be a straight man. Just Why would f- you say that? It's like. Like I understand <laughs> like the, the, polit- the, like, the consequences. I guess a lot of people talk about misgendering or whatever. I just don't care. I'm just like, if somebody comes up, they're like, hey, I don't like be calling you. He just called me a they. I was like, listen, I'm going to call you a they. But if I fuck up here and there, don't get mad at me because right. it's not something that I'm used to or anybody is right now. Just give me the grace where I'll fuck up. <laughs> yeah, that that's fine. If you genuinely make a mistake. Also, I think it's one of those things like if you're coming to this world, a corporate where they are trying to put uh, a balance, you know, to be as equal as possible. As an employee, respect that. Don't come back and say, oh, but you look like you'll be a straight guy. That's why I want to call you a he. I don't care. I'm just like, hey, call me a, a that. It's like, all right, I'll, I'll call you a that. Just just give me some time to get used to it. Like, I, I, yeah. I'm going to fuck up. You know what I mean? That's fine. I barely remember people's names. You know? Yeah, that's the hard part. You know? So it's like, I got to remember your name, your pronoun, and all this other shit too. And then what your favorite fucking color is. Like, bitch, give me some <laughs> Let time. Let me do my draw. Yeah, give me some time. <laughs> Like it, it takes a it takes a minute, you know. Yeah. It just nobody wants to give. I mean, people I'm gra- adjusting to it. I'm just like people just don't want to give people grace. That's all. Like yeah. they don't they don't they don't they don't like fallacy or flaws in human beings at all. They just think that oh, because I told you this is how it's going to be. It's like, dude, how many times did you tell me to put the fucking toilet seat down, and I still fuck up till this day? But it's just better than it was the day before, you know. That's all that it is. I'm glad you admit that. <laughs> of course, I can't do it all the time. It's not going to happen. You'll never get to that point. It's just going to get better. Unless the kid gets dunked into the toilet. Then it's just going to make me laugh. And then I'll start doing TikToks. Bam, look at my kid. And I'll be like, your daddy's going to shower you from moving forward. That's fine. It's like, all right, time to shower. Just throw him in the water. Poof. <laughs> yep. Throw some powdered shampoo on Add them. Add Riley in there. Yep. All in one. <laughs> and just swish them all like a big soup. Well, guys, that was fast. And I felt really fast. That wraps up this episode of the Genius Brain Podcast. Hope you guys enjoyed that conversation. We talked a lot about parents bullying Asian kids and Asians not taking a personal responsibility for their actions. <laughs> if you guys have experienced this, if you agree with this, if you disagree, talk about it in the comments. And uh, we'll see you guys next time. Every Thursday to Sundays, you can catch Mariel at Mariel underscore underscore song. That's Genius Brain Podcast. And we'll see you all next time. Bye. Peace. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. 
bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.